0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday. Happy game day, by the way. Thursday, March the 30th, 2023, Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. And, yes, happy opening day as well as Major League Baseball gets underway. And all my Bravos fans out there, 105 first pitch against the Washington Nationals. But opening day, man, it should be probably a national holiday, but that's a story for another day. I see Noah Johns, John Edward, see C. Youngblood, Alex Mitchum, Brandon Ward. Uh, my guy, G.A., Todd Smith. What is up? Also, those... In the Big Cock Club Discord, here with the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel. To be sure your questions are answered there, Hunter, I see you as well, my friend. Really excited to chat today. Again, we got a lot going on. This is really, truly the start of a big, big weekend in Gamecocks athletics and a big weekend for TSUS as well. Guys, as always, TSUS and TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com, And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, whatever, anything you can think of, anything you can name, they've got it over at Price Picks. Also, of course, guys, MLB, get your picks in with Prize Picks today. Uh, college baseball as well, they do that. MLB, NBA, whatever. Whatever you want to play, they have got a golf as well with Masters Week upcoming next week. So, again, that is our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code T-S-U-S to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show Sent you again. Really excited to be chatting today, guys. Taking your questions, comments, calls as always 843 790 3377. That's 843 790 3377. And of course, the big news that dropped late last night, if you are late yesterday. Um, Eli Jones getting the start tonight, Will Sanders has been bumped out of the weekend rotation, and now we await and see how that plays out. For the Ardcocks, I see Mike saying, guess that, quote, rumor was factual. Sanders out. Yeah, per sources sometimes is correct, Mike. And sure enough, that was the case this time. Eli Jones will be going tonight for the Ardcocks. Um, Guys, I gave my thoughts on what I would do and how I would handle the starting rotation. But I'm excited to see Eli Jones spin the baseball. He's been good for South Carolina this year. uh, And I was just talking with the guys on Inside the Gamecocks. Shout out to them, of course, guys. We will have J.C. Sherbert. On the show at 1.15, so stick around for that and get your questions in in this first hour because JC will take up most of that second hour. But just a wildly fascinating storyline. I mean, it really is for a team that's 24-2, and off to their best start in school history, and 6-0 and in SEC play. It is a wildly fascinating situation to think of where South Carolina is right now and what they are battling and enduring, I guess you could say. Um, so it's just, you know, to think about that, uh, you know, what it really goes to show when I tell you this, the positive spin is this, and I don't even, I don't even know if I've got to label it the positive spin. It's just the reality. The reality is this guys, when you're at a school like South Carolina, and I've talked to guys that played on the 10, 11, 12 teams, right? The greatest teams in school history. I've talked to guys that pitched on those teams and they would tell you, they'd say, Chris, listen, the pressure's on because if you have one bad outing you might not pitch again for 30 games. You may not pitch again the rest of the season because there's so many quality guys that are waiting in the wings. There's so many studs that are behind you. And I think that's what you're seeing right here. Listen, if we didn't have any other options, if we didn't have any other options, then we you know, we wouldn't be going to someone else, but we do. That's the thing. We've got quality arms. We've got quality guys. Austin Rears says it's really not that big of a deal. Let's not overreact. You know Sanders had some say in the decision as well. Austin, I I just I cannot wrap my brain around that Will Sanders wanted to take the weekend off. I cannot wrap my brain around that Will Sanders did not want to pitch this weekend. And Austin, if he didn't, that tells me everything I need to know. And he should not be back in the weekend rotation the rest of this season. Like like if if that's truly where he's at, if you're if you're a guy that doesn't want to go out there and battle and take the bait you should have to rip the baseball out of his hand. Like, truly. You should have to rip the baseball out of his hand. So, I, I don't know that I agree with you that he's that he was just like, man, I really need a weekend. I just please take me out of the starting rotation. I, I get what you're saying, that obviously they had a conversation and they came to a, an agreement of what's best for him. And I'm sure he was like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. But, uh, you know, We'll see. Will he pitch out of the bullpen? Does he really, truly just get the weekend off? I have no idea. Um, I, You know, I, I'd be very intrigued to see him out of the bullpen. I have no clue. But here's the thing, guys, long term, I, I don't think Eli Jones is your game one guy. I don't see that. Um, It's kind of interesting that maybe you you you'd think if anybody was going to get that spot, it would be James Hicks with the way he's pitched the baseball. But again, it's just a wildly fascinating storyline because I think that, you're going to win either way this weekend. I really do feel confident. I picked the Yard Yardcocks to sweep. I think they will sweep. Um, but it's just long-term. You know what I mean? What do they do long-term? And especially you think about next weekend. You got LSU. I mean, will you go Jones, Hall, Mahoney again? Do you move up Hall of Mahoney and slide Will Sanders to game three? Do you move Eli Jones to game three? It's just really intriguing. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it could be the best thing that ever happened, and Will Sanders could respond the right way. And it's just he gets that mental reset he needs, and – and uh, Mark Kingston and company proved they continue to push all the right buttons, or it could not go exactly how they want. But I think the good news is if it doesn't go how they want this weekend, you still should be able to win. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, when you're 24-2 and and 6-0, and your coach can kind of do whatever he wants. Uh, I gave my opinion on what I would do, but I'm not a college baseball coach. I'm not the head baseball coach at the University of South Carolina. And also, I will say this. Mark Kingston knows Will Sanders, and what Will Sanders needs – Better than any of us because he's actually in the locker room with this kid. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I'm again. I'm wildly. I'm wildly intrigued uh, to see. Austin says, "Just don't see the point about stressing about it." Sanders will obviously be back in the starter role next week. Will he though? Will he though, Austin? I, I just. I don't know. I don't know if it's that no brainer. I, I, I don't know. I, I just. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, again, wildly intriguing. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Todd Smith says, "By the way, Chris, great podcast this morning. Thank you, Todd. I really appreciate that. Definitely, guys, go check out the podcast if you have not done so. Episode seven seventy one, a full breakdown of this weekend series, and also Braden Gall of Fringe Element, which is an SEC football podcast. He's the owner of Four Forty Sports. He's done work with Athlon Sports, ESPN Radio." I think he's hosted Paul Feinbaum a couple of times, which somebody told me. So, a big-time get for us. Braden was absolutely incredible and uh, a great conversation. It was all South of football. It was all SEC football, stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to post a clip here probably after this show that I think, uh, I think you guys are going to probably feel some type of way about because Braden Gall right now says he would take on the over-under if the over-under is eight, which Michael Bratton posed a hypoth- hypothetical over-under of eight wins. Braden Gall would take the under. He's got seven and five for South Carolina. He's got, dude, he's got, he broke down his SEC East for me. He's got Kentucky finishing ahead of the Gamecocks in the SEC East this season. So, listen, everybody's entitled to their prediction. We shall see. Um, but really, really in- interesting stuff. I mean, Braden carries a great conversation, knows what he's talking about, and uh, truly great for him coming on the show. So... Austin, I don't see it as being benched due to poor performance. I really think Sanders needs time to relax and work some for the bullpen, get the confidence up, and then start again kind of like in the pros. And you might be right, Austin. You might be right. My my only thing is this. A great pitcher is just like a great hitter where you don't get out of a slump on the bench. You just don't. You don't get out of a slump by sitting on the bench and going and hitting in the cage or pitching in the bullpen. You get out of a slump by doing it on the field. So I understand what you're saying. Like, just, just, hey, let's just take a step back. Let's take a deep breath. Let's just change something up to get you out of this rhythm of not performing to the level that you know you're capable of. And we know you're capable of. But game action is how you get out of a slump. So, I definitely think Will Sanders not pitching at all is not the move. Get him out there, out of the bullpen. Will it be tonight? Will it be tomorrow night? Will it be on Saturday? Who knows when they do it? But I definitely think he needs to go out there. And But let me ask you this, though, then, Austin. Like, if he goes out there and balls out, well, then I think the narrative is going to be, well, he needs to just be a reliever. So, I, that was my point yesterday. That was my point yesterday when I said, how does Will Sanders win his job back? Like, I I don't even know what he has to do to win the job back. Or is it just one of those things where, hey, Will, you're still our ace. We're just trying to get you kind of going, and we're going to put you back in that one spot as soon as, as soon as, you know, we get the next weekend. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, Jacob, it looks like the bench did some good for Evan Stone. I mean, listen, sometimes, I mean, you you got multiple dudes that can play, right? You got multiple dudes that can play. But, for example, like a guy like Wes Clark in 2021, people wanted him benched. And it's like, he's not going to get it going by taking five games off. Like, I just, you know. But you got to know your dudes, Jacob, to your point. There are some guys that maybe a night off helps them. Heck, I don't know. Maybe a night off does help them. I mean, you never really know. But, I mean, I just think most of your guys, like, you're not, for example, your your cornerstone pieces. You're not going to bench Braylon Wimmer if he has a bad weekend or a bad week, right, or a bad two weeks even. You're going to let him work through a slump. Like, there's just certain guys that, like, you've got to let them work through the slump. So, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Again, Mark Kingston and the company, they have they've pushed all the right buttons. They have done everything correctly. I mean, the best start in school history. Need I say more, right? Need I say more. Um, Brian Dean moving to the football side of things. I don't see the hype with Garrett Riley. Shame work with Lincoln Riley. I saw Garrett Riley's offense in the national title game against Georgia. Wasn't impressed at all. Go ahead and predict Spencer Rattler will be the most efficient passer in the SEC. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions, 4,098 yards passing. My God, I will sign up for that. If Spencer Rattler, Brian Dean does that, we're winning 10 games. If he throws for 4,000 yards, we're winning 10 games. No question. I will say this, Brian, to your Garrett Riley comment. I I think judging Garrett Riley off of one game, AKA the national championship against Georgia, against the Georgia defense, I I don't know that that is. I I don't know. I, I don't know that I would do that necessarily. I don't know that I would do that necessarily. Um, so, anyways, let's see. They don't have, I don't think they have college football futures or anything yet. I cannot wait till that comes out. I remember last year, last year, our, our guy, the Queen Slayer Chase in the Discord, old slapdick Chase, he, uh, he was giving me hell all season last year because I, I told everybody to hammer the over on Spencer Rattler passing yards. And, Sure enough, he hit it, but Chase did not think he was going to. It didn't look like he was going to, to be fair. But uh, old slapdick Chase was giving me hell over the prize picks picks, and sure enough, he won money. So, how about it? How about that? Anyways, guys, MLB opening day is upon us. MLB opening day is upon us. Really excited. I'm almost tempted to put some money in prize picks and play a little bit. How about that? How about that? I think I will later today, no matter what, because you got PGA Tour here. Everything, yeah, everything. I haven't been playing honestly, guys, a ton. So, um, let's see. The Braves, Ozzy Albee's total bases, one and a half. I think he's the only guy listed there. Max Freed over under one and a half earned runs allowed. Hmm, interesting. Got some intriguing numbers in there. Will Hall says, I hope Jones will settle in. He's put up great numbers. Hate it for Sanders. But we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I, I think Eli Jones will pitch well. Eli Jones is a quality arm. I'm not really overly concerned. Like, I don't think he's going to go out there and get shelled this weekend or tonight, if you will. Um, I think he'll pitch well. I think he will pitch well. Uh, anyways, guys, 843 3377. That's 843 790 3377. Again, a great podcast dropped this morning, episode 771. And, guys, let me say, if you are not subscribed on iTunes, be sure to go subscribe. Leave us a rating, five stars preferably. But if you have any feedback, any thoughts, anything, please go do that. So, again, it's the Spurs Up show. I know that all you already know, but the Spurs Up show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we're all over. Also, of course, in case you missed it, the Daily Crow. Drops every day in audio form. Drops every day in audio form at 3 o'clock after the fact, right? Drops every day in audio form after the fact at 3 o'clock. It drops on that same podcast feed. So it's under the Spurs Up show, right? So go check that out again. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Be sure you're following us everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't really say these things anymore because of the point we're at in business, but uh, I feel like it's necessary. So again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube as well. Go subscribe to our YouTube. And uh, we're also on TikTok as well. You can follow us there. So a lot of great stuff. And I appreciate y'all's love and support on social media, man. Social media is an absolute blast these days. Chase Youngbloods, I hadn't used prize picks in a couple months, logged in today to a free entry. How about that, Chase? Love to see that. Love to see that. Uh, Let's see. Okay, Chase has got... Aaron Judge over half total bases. Max Freed and Patrick Corbin less than a half first inning runs allowed, so he's got a shutout in the first inning. Got a bunch of stuff. What what, what What's the payout on that, Chase? What's the payout? What's the payout? <coughs> Excuse me. Austin Greer says Braves are minus 410 to win the series this weekend. How about that? Minus 410. Guys, so I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Mark Ryan texted me, and I'm assuming he's talking about this on his show today. Um, and I want to bring you guys, loop you all in on this. Mark Ryan asked me, could you give me your opinion on the hierarchy of sports at South Carolina? I imagine it's football, baseball, Women's basketball as the top three in that order. Do you agree? And if so, what would be four and five? So what are you guys' thoughts? Ranking the top five, what is the hierarchy of sports at South Carolina? One is definitely football, right? One's definitely football. I think two is baseball. What do y'all think? I think two is indeed baseball, I would say three is women's basketball because of how good we are um, and, and the fan interest there. I think what is – what is so I think four is men's basketball. I think it falls right behind. What is five? Is there a fifth sport that, like, we really all – that we really tune into that we, we – you know, I, I don't know that, like – I mean, we've got some really good teams. Like, tennis is fantastic. Uh, men's and women's golf both do really well. I mean, obviously, equestrian, we've done what? Is there a fifth? Is there a fifth? I don't know. I, I don't know that there is a fifth. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Y'all help me out if you can. I, I don't know what a fifth would be, to be honest with you. Like, is there a a fifth sport we hang our hat on that we follow? Women's soccer? Yeah? Women's soccer? How about women's aunt- is- would you just group soccer? <clears throat> Madison says softball. Matt, I, I think some may have said softball. Uh, I think some may have said softball before we were terrible. Or equestrian. Okay. Equestrian. I think soccer's fair. Anyways, Mark Ryan with an intriguing question today for me. So, I'm sure he'll talk about that on his show today. Um, yeah, it looks like Tennessee just picked a commitment four-star quarterback. Jake Merklinger has committed to Tennessee. So, yep, Heupel's got it. Uh, heipel has got it rolling in regards to quarterbacks, no doubt. Loading up on the QBs. Loading up on the QBs. Anyways. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven guys. I tell you what, intriguing about this weekend, sticking with baseball, the the um, the downfall of the Mississippi State program is is just wildly fascinating. I mean, this is a team that won the national title two years ago. They have now lost seventeen straight SEC games, dating back to last season. They have a 14.98 ERA <clears throat> in SEC play. So, just a team that is reeling. Lynn Turner with a fair question. If baseball is number two, why 10,000-plus average attendance at women's basketball and 5,000 at most in baseball? Well, Lynn, <clears throat> Founders Park only seats 8,000 people. So, that's one reason. And it's it's we have more than 5,000 people. We, we have 8,000 show up. <clears throat> when it's sold out. I will say this. I will say this. Here's where I think this can be measured. I mean, if you want to have the conversation, we can have the conversation, a tough conversation. The I think the hierarchy convo can also be measured by if the sports, you know, last year, I think fan I- interest continued. Did we sell out Founders Park? No. But I think a lot of like the hierarchy has to do as well with like what moves the needle. And also, too, it's a preference thing. So, Lynn, if you like women's basketball more than baseball, if you're not a baseball person, I think you'd probably put women's basketball number two. I'm more of a baseball guy. I don't think that's even a a secret. I don't think it's even a secret. I'm more of a baseball guy. And if both were not good, where is there going to be more fan interest? What moves the needle more, baseball or women's basketball? Just keeping it a buck, man. Just keeping it a buck. Before Dawn Staley, women's basketball at South Carolina, I think most people didn't even know we had a women's basketball team. Honestly, so I, I, I'm just saying it, it's it's a close second. Does winning make women's basketball second on the hierarchy, though? Like, does it? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just don't shoot the messenger. I'm I'm just yeah. So, Austin Gear, South Carolina baseball is one minus 180 tonight. Is that free money? I mean, I I would take it. I would take it. But, uh, yeah, I would take it. Anyways, it's a preference thing, in my opinion, again. I think baseball is second on the hierarchy. I I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I mean, if you really want to have a tough conversation, listen, I I think I'm, I'm putting women's basketball as third in the hierarchy. Men's basketball still draws, I think, more attention because it's men's basketball. It just does. Like, It just flat out does. So, you know, people, people, I'll never forget, speaking of, speaking of, Austin Greer says that's not true at all, Andrew. Women's basketball makes more than men's basketball. Does it? Does it? Does it? I'd, I'd love to see those numbers actually broken down. I'd love to see those numbers. I mean, I guess when you factor in how deep you go in the postseason, like you're 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 getting compensated very well for like going to the Final Four, winning national championships, stuff like that. So I mean that would make sense. That would make sense, no doubt. Um, but I don't know. Anyways, anyways, I, I that's where my hierarchy stands. But uh, yeah, I think it's just all personal preference. But that's that's where I'd go. Football one, baseball two, women's basketball three, men's basketball four, and I I said soccer five. I I, just, I don't know. I don't know what a fifth sport would be, but uh, why not soccer? Right, men's and women's, men's and women's. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Travis has put some respect on equestrian. I hear you. Put some respect on equestrian, no doubt.
2: Mm.
1: How's our bowling team? <clears throat> I hear you. Yeah, think they're pretty good, Travi. Lynn Turner, men's basketball wants a smaller arena. That should tell you everything you need to know, Lynn. I also think an eighteen thousand seat arena is ridiculous. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's absurd. I think it's absurd. I'd much rather go for a nine thousand or ten thousand seat arena, a smaller, more intimate setting, Rockets environment that is that is. I mean, because even when they put nine thousand or ten thousand in CLA, it looks terrible because the entire upper is is or it's it's very spotty. It just it just does not look good. Like eighteen thousand is so, it's it's such a ridiculously large arena for a college basketball team. And yes, dawn has sold out for sure. But we sell out one or two games a year. We don't sell them all out. We we they averaged, what twelve to thirteen thousand. So even then, like, do you need eighteen thousand seats? I I I don't think so. I, I but I'm also of the mindset that I, I think that you're not going to see stadiums. Yeah, and of course, CLA, they're not going to tear it down or anything. I mean, concerts, it's great for concerts, but. You're uh I- – I'm of the belief, focusing on the fan experience, enhancing everything, scaling down on size, focusing on premium. I mean, exactly what they're going to do at Willie B. Um, the days of 100,000-seat stadiums, like, nobody's expanding stadiums anymore. I think Josh Pate made this point, right? Nobody's expanding their stadiums. So – and I don't blame them. I, I just don't blame them. Uh, if-, if people are going to go to – if people are going to go to a game, I think you really need to sell the fan experience and what you can provide the the fan, right? Versus just, hey, you're just going. You know, you're just going. Like, so, there's a premium on it for sure. There's a premium on it for sure. But uh, Oscar just makes ticket prices way more expensive. Well, Austin, the people that are going are spending money anyways. So... Going to a game at this point is turning into, like, a luxury. Like, it's turning into a premium thing versus – and, I mean, I, I don't think they should try to obviously price out the common fan. That is not ex- at all what I'm saying. But it's just the direction that stadiums are going. Uh, granted, to be fair, you know, one of my arguments used to be you're not selling out the stadium anyways, and Willie B last year was packed. So, to be fair, I mean, I would have no problems that it, they didn't change Willie B at all. I, I'd have no problem with that. But I'm pretty sure – don't we rank at the bottom of the SEC – when it comes to, like, luxury suites and stuff like that, we're, we're lacking there. We are lacking there. So I don't think it'd be the worst idea to enhance that. I don't think it'd be the worst idea to improve that. So, but, I mean, Willie is obviously a, a fantastic venue, guys. It's, it's one of the best venues in college football. And But, uh, I mean, I, I haven't met a single person that doesn't, doesn't disagree with the fact that, that CLA is just way too big. It's just way too freaking big. <clears throat> 18,000 is absurd, man. 18,000 is crazy. To be fair, though, to be fair, if the men's basketball program was doing what Don Staley's doing, it'd be packed. I mean, there's no question. Because Gamecock fans love a winner more than they love anything. Um, big series this weekend, Austin. Thank you for bringing it up. LSU and Tennessee. What a series we've got going on. Also, guys, I don't know how we've made it. 27 minutes in this show without me mentioning. Tonight. Downtown Greenville, Carolina House will be out there for the spring tour. That continues. Six o'clock, it gets going. Then, of course, seven o'clock. We'll do the watch party for the Mississippi State game. Looking forward to it.
3: Dalton. Here we go.
1: <coughs> Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going? I'm doing uh, well.
3: I'm another year older today. So. Happy
1: birthday, yeah. Dalton. Yes, sir. That's right. Happy birthday.
3: appreciate it, yeah. Well, uh, I just wanted to call and, and sort of ask you what you think about, uh, you know, obviously some of the transfers we're bringing in for uh, the men's basketball program. We just got that commitment from, uh, I believe, that a starter from uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Minnesota wasn't, you know, a top-tier team. But I, I like a lot of the guys we're giving offers, and I like a lot of the guys we're, we're bringing in. Most of them were uh, big time contributors at the mid mid major level or on you know lesser uh, lesser you know power five teams like Minnesota, and I just really think that we're gonna uh, get this basketball team to a spot where we're where they're at least competitive this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's how you got to build this program right now is through the portal and, and getting guys. Like the kid you just picked up from Minnesota, so I mean, I love the pick up. I mean, it seems like a quality power five body, and uh, you need to pick up about four or five more of those guys. And I think this they will. I think this is just the beginning, but uh, you know, we'll see. Only time will tell. But I mean, I, I think certainly building this program through the portal is uh, most definitely going to be the way to go. Well, do you
3: believe that we're gonna that this will be a worse team this this year than it was this this. Uh
1: previous year. Not, yeah. I know yeah.
3: You, you
1: tweeted. And- yeah, I mean, not if they can continue to stack guys like that. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I made the comments I made after the season just because you lo- you lose some guys in the portal and you lose G.G. Jackson. And, I mean, you know, are you worse than you were last year? It'd almost be tough to be worse than 11 and 21, right? It would. Um, I don't think we're going to set the world on fire realistically. But, again, I don't know who you're going to pick up. I mean, I, I don't know – what type of players you're going to be able to land. So, you know, may- maybe so. Maybe we can surprise and go 500 in year 2 and um but I mean, I think it's all obviously going to depend on the guys that you bring in. So, you know, if you can bring in some more quality power 5 guys and I mean, you look across, man, Furman had a good team, of Charles had a good team. There's no reason why we can't field a decent team, you know what I mean? So, um but, you know, it, it's a little it's a little unnerving losing GG Jackson to the NBA draft and you know, Chico gone, and, uh, you know, you will have Michi and Josh Gray and Jacoby Jacoby right back, who are going to be, you know, Zach Wilson, too, your cornerstone pieces. But, yeah, you just need to add more quality bodies. I mean, if you can do that, who knows? Who knows? I, I think the expectations, obviously, though, for men's basketball will be, will be fairly low again. I, I do. I mean, I don't think – I think if this team made the NIT in year two, that would be a massive success. I, I really do. I mean, I, th- I think that's where most people probably fall on it.
3: And then uh, my next question is sort of obviously yesterday it was announced that uh, Eli Jones will be starting on Thursday – or tonight.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm sorry. I forgot it was Thursday. But he's going to be starting tonight night against Ole Miss. What is sort of your, your feeling about that? Do you think that it was premature to pull, uh, you know, Will Sanders out of that starting spot? Do you think it's possible that he could be slotted into that starting spot again as the Friday night guy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, later on in the season or sort of, you know, I I'm just kind of confused about why they just now decided to Mm -hmm. do this, especially and against, you know, a team in Mississippi State that is having struggles, you know. Not to say that it's it's a guaranteed sweep, it's an automatic win, right. but obviously Mississippi State isn't playing their best baseball right now. And I'm just wondering why they decided to uh, take Will Sanders out of that slot.
1: You know, Dalton, there's, there's got to be a, a long-term plan in regards to this move, right? And I'm sure that there is. Because you think about the ripple effect now of how it affects Will Sanders. And, and I mentioned this yesterday. It's like, how does he win his job back? Or is it one of those things where he's not even necessarily losing his job? He, he, they're just changing something up for the sake of changing it up for one weekend just to kind of get him out of a rut. Maybe that's the case. I have no idea. We're not going to know until we hear from Mark Kingston and we see this thing going to next weekend, the next weekend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, for this weekend specifically, I mean, I, I feel confident that Eli Jones will pitch well. You know, you ask how I feel about it, I, I've, I've made it very clear that I wouldn't have messed with anything. I, I think that you're 24 and two, you're six and zero in SEC play. Why, why mess with what's working? Even though Will Sanders hasn't thrown well necessarily, I'd rather let that guy work through a slump versus now all of a sudden. I mean, we hope he responds the right way. We hope everything. Uh, you know, plays out the way we're all expecting, but you just never know, right? Um, with that being said, Mark Kingston, I think, deserves the benefit of the doubt. You know, this team's twenty-four and two, best start in school history. They're six and zero in SEC play. They've pushed all the right buttons at this point, and I gave my thoughts on it, my take, what I would do. But I'm not the head baseball coach. I- I'm not. I'm not a college baseball coach, not even any way. So, um, you know, we-, we will see what happens. You make decisions based off what you feel is best for the ball club at that time. But I have to think. This is a long-term decision. Like, there's got to be some plan beyond this weekend, right? I don't think it's as simple as, you know, if Eli Jones pitches well, we're going to go to the same exact weekend rotation next weekend. I just don't know that's the case, right? I don't know because you got LSU upcoming next weekend, and then you really get in the gauntlet of this SEC schedule. So, um, yeah, I mean, the yeah.
3: thing about our schedule, I think, is is kind of concerning, is that most of the more difficult opponents are stacked you know, it's towards the end of the season, right? I mean, you start out Georgia uh, on the road, Mizzou at home. Then you play Mississippi State this weekend. Then you play, you know, the Arkansas, the the LSUs, the Floridas, the Tennessees, right? It, it only gets harder from here. And I don't know, you know, what you do, but it, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would you know, put Eli Jones in there this weekend when you, you know, have the number one team in the country coming in your your backyard, you know, next weekend, if you're looking for a statement, you know, series win, you know, obviously you don't want to be looking ahead or anything like that, but you are looking for that, that statement series win against LSU and tinkering with the pitching rotation, I, like you said, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But at the same time, it's like Will Sanders obviously isn't playing his best, and you can't allow him to be a liability, right?
1: For sure. I mean, again, I, I, I just I, – I don't know. The, the move is interesting. I, I would have said, you know what, we believe in you. You're my guy. I think you'll get it figured out. But, again, they know Will Sanders and what he needs more than you and I do, right? They're in the locker room with him. They, they – they. I mean, you know this kid. He's been on the roster for three years, right? He's been under Coach Kingston for three years. So, they um, they know what he needs more than we do, and, and you hope this is what he needs. So, I, I'll be excited to see him. I I do think he's going to pitch this weekend. I, I do. I think he'll come out of the bullpen and um, – Well, do you, know, you believe
3: him coming out
1: of the bullpen in potentially really high-leverage situations will be
3: worse for his confidence and sort of worse for his mental – I mean, know, not if – not he if he
1: throws well – not not if he throws well. I mean, it, it won't matter if we're up 10-0. If he comes out there and gets shelled, that's not going to be good for his confidence. Nor our confidence, nor Kingston's confidence, nor anybody's confidence. So, he just needs to pitch well. I mean, I don't even think the situation is, you know, I don't know that that's the thing I'm most worried about. He just needs to pitch well. So, I think Kingston's going to give us a lot more of an indication of what the plan is probably after the game tonight. He's going to be asked about it, obviously. So, um, I will be very, very curious to just hear. And I mean, again, it's just a fascinating storyline going into this weekend for a team that, again, is 24 and 2, 6 and 0. You think to yourself, hey, they have no problems. But, you know, sure enough, there's trouble on Paradise. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we'll
3: see what happens. And obviously, we all hope that Noah Hall goes, or uh, not, not Noah Hall, El- Eli Jones goes out there and, plays his best game and we we take game one against uh mississippi state on the road and we just keep the win streak going but uh you know it definitely is interesting the moves that he's made that uh you know the coaching staff is making and you know at the end of the day you just kind of have to trust skylar mead and and mark kingston to uh make the right decisions here because at the end of the day you know we are undefeated in sec play Mm -hmm. so you know, something's got to be working.
1: Indeed. Indeed. We shall see. I think South Carolina should be able to swing it either way. So it will be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I'm confident going into the weekend. I'm also confident that Eli Jones will spin the baseball well, but it's, again, it, it is a, it is certainly, I, I think the top storyline going into this weekend and yeah, we'll see how everybody responds.
3: <clears throat> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking my call and you have a good one.
1: Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Dalton, great stuff. And happy birthday to Dalton, by the way. Happy birthday to Dalton. Uh, Brendan commenting on Tennessee's latest quarterback commitment. He says, I wonder how much they paid for this one. Fair enough. <clears throat> Probably not $8 million. <clears throat> Probably not $8 million. Trip Cromer, they have over a 6 ERA. They've got a 14.98 ERA in SEC play. So, And obviously, when you give up 26 runs in one game, that skews that number a little bit, but uh, you know, it has not. It has not been good. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Of course, we got JC Sherbert upcoming at one fifteen. Really excited to chat with JC. Obviously, did not get to touch base with him last week as he was out of town. So, looking forward to talking with him. Also, guys, episode 771 of the podcast, it dropped this morning. A full breakdown of this weekend series. Uh, Also, great conversation with Braden Gall of Fringe Element at SEC Football Podcast and 440 Sports as well. He's also done work with ESPN Radio, Athlon Sports. Really, truly a fantastic conversation. Highly suggest you guys check it out. Gamecocks at The Dude this weekend. One of the best venues in all of college baseball, although... We probably will not feel it this weekend because you think about Mississippi State, 17 straight SEC losses dating back to last year. And their fall from grace, I mean, it's truly one of the most intriguing things about this weekend and just overall, I think, in college baseball. like When you think about Mississippi State and the proud tradition and history and the fact that they won a national title two years ago, not even two full years ago, right? When you think about that, I mean, it's just crazy the place this program is at now. And again, they enter this weekend 14.98 ERA and SEC play. Should be a great opportunity for the Yardcocks to swing it and swing it well all weekend long. Guys, we're going to jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, I'm going to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking the questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday. Again, guys, J.C. Sherbert, <clears throat> excuse me, he will join us today at one fifteen. So be sure to get your calls in in this first hour. Looking forward to talking to J.C., hearing from him. Always a good time. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. The TSUS Spring Tour continues tonight from Ale Alehouse in downtown Greenville. We'll have all the merchandise, of course, on hand. The Beamer Ball to the Moon 2023 Tour t-shirts will be available. Also, the Beamer Ball towels, koozies, and we'll have these free koozies to give away, courtesy of my old business partner's A1 Air Quality Consultants. So, we'll have these free koozies as well. Going to be a good time. Looking forward to it, guys. Definitely come on out. Yours truly. I'm probably going to get there around... 5.15 to set up, but the event gets going officially at 6 o'clock, and then first pitch, Carolina Mississippi State at 7 on SEC Network, we will be watching the game, so normally I'm speaking on the microphone, uh, talking to you guys, I don't know that I'll be doing that tonight just because the game will be going on, so I know we'll be all kind of locked in, focused on that, but it's really cool, the fact that it's a tour stop and kind of a crossover of that and. Um, a crossover of that, and a watch party, which I think is really cool. Guys, let's check the phone lines here. From Robbie Davis, Zachary Hall of Famer.
2: To accept, press one.
1: Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
4: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this Thursday?
1: Yeah, man, I'm doing great. Doing great. Exciting day for sure. Exciting weekend lined up. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you calling in. What's going on? First things
4: first. Happy birthday to Dalton, okay? Happy birthday. And then, also, I meant to do this yesterday, but yesterday was my oldest niece's second birthday. Mm -hmm. So, birthday, shout out to her as well, even though it's a day late. She'll forgive me. She's only two. She'll forgive me. But uh, I kind of, sort of, am not shocked that Sanders is not starting tonight now do I think it's a little too soon to be putting somebody else in there yeah I mean like like you've said before it's still working so why do something but at the end of the day we don't have control over what happens all we can do is sit back and watch. So the change has been made at least for this weekend as far as we know. And I definitely have us I, I still have us getting the sweep regardless. Um, eight to, my scores are eight to two, mm-hmm. 10 to three and 11 to two.
1: Eight two ten three and eleven two. Love that because I think
4: regardless of who we have out there, we got the, we got like I said <laughs> yesterday, we got the, we got the pitchers and we got the bats, and we definitely have the we, we definitely have the pitchers. So mm-hmm. I'm not really too concerned. And Mississippi State has been. Hot dog. war yeah, they, the they, they, they've been a, of they've weeks. been
1: abysmal. They've been abysmal for sure. It's it's crazy. <laughs> they've been awful. So
4: I got us uh, taking care of business all weekend, and my prediction for the game tomorrow in the final four: South Carolina eighty-eight, Iowa sixty.
1: Eighty-eight to sixty. South kind beats Iowa. Yes, I am. I tell you this: I am very intrigued to watch Caitlin Clark. I, I'm I'm really excited for that. I think the Gamecocks I win as well, but
4: Caitlin, I, I think Caitlin Clark is the only offense they have. So if we, like I said the other day as well, as long as we keep Caitlin Clark shut down, I don't I don't think there's anybody else on Iowa's roster. That can guard or play with South Carolina right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's fair, and the Gamecocks have been great defensively all season long. So, um, I mean, yeah, if they can slow down Caitlin Clark, I think we all feel confident they'll get the W. And um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I. Doubt Don Staley and company at your own risk, I guess. But I mean, South Carolina is a double-digit favorite in the ball. They, they are they're a double-digit favorite in the ball game. So, um, I mean, how much are they really being doubted? The spread right now is Gamecocks are a 12-point favorite, and the other game LSU is a two-point favorite over Virginia Tech. So it might be a South Carolina LSU all SEC national title, which. I know we'd love to see LSU because we absolutely killed them the first time. So I, I don't, I don't think anybody would be all that yeah. scared of facing it wasn't LSU even again. Fair what we pulled off, what we did last time. Yeah. So um, what we what we did was not
4: very, very nice, but we don't care. We're Carolina fans. We want, we love a winner. So as long as we win by hook or by crook, just get the dub.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I, I think. Uh, Slow down, Caitlin Clark, you win the game. But I mean, again, I will say that that the the whole Caitlin Clark matchup, um, you know, if, if you're looking for storylines in the ball game, because you know, let's face it, there there are times, and I think when you're as good as South Carolina is, that things can get a little bit boring. And I hate to say that, but it is true. It's like ho hum. We're just going to go out there and dominate mm-hmm. again. Um, you know, I think the challenge of defending Caitlin Clark and slowing her down, I, I think, is 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 a really fun matchup to talk about. And it's a really fun storyline to, to follow along going in that game. And I think the Gamecocks will win, but I have not, as someone that has not watched Caitlin Clark all season long, I'm excited to watch her ball out or just excited to watch her play and how South Carolina, you know, obviously builds their defensive scheme yeah. around slowing her down. And I think they will do that enough, but it's going to be a fun game, I think.
4: Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, I'll definitely be uh, watching the baseball game tonight and uh, rooting on the yard, Cox, as always. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get over of here because I know uh, JC is going to be in a minute. Uh, so I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Go game, Cox and Clemson. Y'all still suck, okay? Y'all woke up this morning and y'all still suck. Okay, y'all suck.
1: Well said as always, Robbie. You're the man. I appreciate you. (laughs) All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. (laughs) Robbie Davis. And I think he was about to say be safe on the tour. We will, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Guys, phone lines are still open again. J.C. Sherbert will join us at 115.00. We'll take a break at 110 right before he jumps on, so be sure you get in here. 843-790-3377. You can also text that number. I will say this, um, you know, on the notes of the Gamecocks will have some defensive scheme ready to stop Caitlin Clark. Do you not think Iowa will have an offensive scheme to make sure she gets open and she has a big impact in the game? Like, I think so. So that 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 chess match, if you will, will be really, really interesting. Travis is looking at it from this perspective. Just because he doesn't get the start doesn't mean Will can't come in for the first couple of innings. For sure. I mean, Travis, you're right. Will can absolutely come in for a couple of innings. But, you know, it's definitely an interesting storyline to follow throughout this weekend, no doubt. Um, Let's see. I don't know who, Austin, who are you talking about? He's only 21. Who's only 21? I did see Brennan Malone hit 317 on 104 at-bats last year in the minors. Really good stuff. JG, I'm ready for Braves baseball. Are you? It's coming up We're in about 10 minutes. Brave season will begin. Really excited for that.
2: Really excited for it.
1: Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. LSU Tennessee gets going tonight. LSU Tennessee gets going tonight. Uh, really great series. Really great. That That's really the headliner of the SEC weekend. The only the only series featuring a pair of ranked teams. Ruinations is careful, Chris. James Reynolds might not like you taking women's basketball. No, you know, I, I think James, James, you know, James is a guy, I, I really value James' banter. I like his banter, his back and forth. James is definitely a guy, though, that is a that is a diehard Gamecock. I mean, that goes without saying, but I, I think that, listen, I'm someone that I run towards the banter and the disagreement, and I don't want people on my show that are just going to tell me how great South Carolina is. Like, And, and I'll tell you this. Like, the combo I had with Braden Gall, for example, and some of the combos I've had, um, you know, just some of the commentary I've had, the content I've made, it makes me even more confident that I will have a lot of success and will be able to cover the entire SEC fairly or cover it at a high level because I'm not going to allow fandom to cloud any or, or bias or anything like that to cloud my my commitment to making great content. So, You know, when I talk the Gamecocks, I mean, I I take the fandom out of it, guys. Like, I'm not, and and this goes without saying, this goes without saying, I'm not going to go out of my way to provide a positive spin onto anything that has to do with the Gamecocks. I'm also not going out of my way to provide a negative spin. But I just like to look at things critically. You know what I mean? I I like to look at things with a sense of realism versus a sense of garnet glasses. And there are other Gamecock content creators out there that will stroke the ego and that will make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And at times, I may do that. At times, my content may serve that purpose. My content, you know, it may be something, hey, praise, job well done, let's preach on this, let's let's praise this, let's talk highly on that, but that's not all it's going to be. And so I just thought Braden Gall made a great point and, you know, James Reynolds asked me where the inspiration was for my clip this morning where I just talked about recruiting and and the realities of... I was more so talking on just, like, how tough it is in the SEC. Like, the fact that we're recruiting at the level we are right now, we feel like we're recruiting better than we ever have. We still have not finished top half in the SEC in recruiting, guys. We still haven't. We finished seventh in the SEC in recruiting last year, which I guess is technically top half. There are 14 teams, so excuse me. But... We finished seventh. We still finished behind Florida. We still finished behind Tennessee. Like, and I'm not even, like, we got great players. We got, we need all we got. It's all we need, right? But, like, it just goes to show you, like, how tough it is. How tough recruiting in the SEC specifically is. And it will humble you really quickly. I mean, it will humble you really quickly when you think about the fact that, you know, when you just think about, uh, you know, you think you're doing really well in recruiting, then you look at the SEC rankings and it's like, well, damn, like everybody else is recruiting pretty well too, I guess. So, and I don't say that to be negative by any means. It's just, it's just keeping it a buck, man. It's just, it's just real. Like it's, it's tough. It's hard, right? It's just really hard. So, you know, just letting people know that, you know, it's, it's not a given that like, we're going to, we're going to surpass, you know, we're, we're going to surpass Tennessee or, or Florida, whatever. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I, I just like to create engaging conversation, conversation in which can be debated, can go back and forth. And I think that's what I do. And I think that's what I do on, on a on a daily basis. And But for some people, right, it's, you know, a James Reynolds. It's like, why does this feel negative? You should be pumping us up. My job, guys, is not to pump up Carolina. It's It's not. It's not. That's that's not what I'm committed to. That's not my goal. My goal on a day-in, day-out basis is to provide the most entertaining content possible around the Gamecocks. The team accounts, that's what they're for. Hey, Justin King is there for you to make you feel warm and fuzzy and, and pump you up and make you think kind of football is the best thing since sliced bread. That's their job. That ain't my job. That ain't my job. I'm not a hype man for USC. I sure as shit aren't on their are not on their payroll to do so. So, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it a buck, as I've said many times. So, to that point. Austin Greer says, Friday night tickets for next weekend is $100 per ticket. Only 30 seats left. <clears throat> wow. And, and I tell you this, Austin Greer, I'd love to go, but, but I'll be honest with you, man. If, if that's what the tickets are going for, I haven't even looked at them. But if that's what they're going for, man, listen, I've been to a lot of games at Founders Park. I will gladly just host live stream watch-alongs and uh, save myself the trip down to Columbia. I may do that anyways. I may do that anyways. So, I'll let you guys know what the plan is next week and have no idea. we got to get through this weekend first and again. We've got a lot going on. So, tonight, we are at Kearana L. House, downtown Greenville. Things get going at 6 o'clock. Games at 7. Really Looking forward to it. Very, very excited, guys. Would love to see all the upstate Gamecocks come on out. Downtown Greenville Alehouse tonight. Then tomorrow, tomorrow night, we are back out at Carolina Ale Alehouse. Woodruff Road for the watch party for the South Camp Carolina iowa women's basketball game. Tip-off is at 9. Yours truly will be there. I'll probably be there around 8, 8.15 or so. Uh, looking forward to that. And also Sunday, guys. Assuming tomorrow night goes well, which we all think it will. Watch party for the national championship. Carolina Alehouse reached out to me this morning. There is a chance. There's a chance. It's not official. There is a chance that we will be in Columbia. A change-up. I thought it was going to be Woodruff Road again, and that's what they said, but they pitched the idea of Columbia this morning for the national championship. Championship, So there's a good chance. I know Brendan M. and Dalton and those guys, they're pulling for it. I'm down. I was never opposed to going to Cola. I'm down for it. Um, so I will let you guys know. Obviously, we'll let you guys know what the plan is immediately after the game Friday. But, uh, yeah, either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. Very, very exciting. Looking forward to it. And definitely, guys, come on out tonight. Carolina Alehouse, downtown Greenville as the tour continues. Let's see. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Again, thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Really excited for this weekend. Um, Again, guys, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, this weekend series. I'm excited. I love it. I love the Thursday through Saturday series. Um, I love the Thursday through Saturday series big time, for sure, for sure. We got J.C. Sherbert upcoming at 115. Braves are about to start at 105. I know we got a lot of Braves fans. We got a lot of Braves fans. In the, in the chat. How about this? GC Supply Company, which is Connor Shaw's brand, they posted some pictures. And in one of the pictures, the guy is rocking a Beamer Ball hat. Here we go. Let's jump to the bull lines here. Skyland, what's up,
5: man? How are you? Good, good.
1: How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you asking what's going on. Uh,
5: What's your prediction this weekend?
1: I've got a sweep, my friend. And I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons I picked the sweep, this team right now at 24-2, 6-0 overall in SEC play. Mississippi State, we all know the story with them. 0-6 in SEC play, 17 straight SEC losses. Skyland, I think it'd be disrespectful to not pick this team this week. I I think they've earned that right. I, I really do. Um, I've picked two of three the last two weekends. They've swept the last two weekends. Mississippi State is not good. They're just flat out not. They're not good at all. I know you have to go on the road to the dude. I I just think, though, you know what? I'm going to give this ball club the respect that I think they've earned. I think they've earned the respect. So, that's why I'm picking the sweep. I think even with the whole storyline of Will Sanders, Eli Jones, whatever, I don't think the Gamecocks should have a problem this weekend getting that sweep.
5: Right. Uh I think it's hard to sweep any team in the SEC. Uh but you're right, Mississippi State is a bad team. They're uh coming off with seventeen straight SEC losses. But you know, teams are you know sometimes do. So I do think Mississippi State pulls out a win, but we do take two of three this weekend.
1: Two of three, okay. Which which I will say this by the way. Um I will say this. That would be a successful weekend. Still, I, I know some people will yeah. scoff and say that's not true. Long as you're winning series, as long as you're winning series, you are you're golden. So, I mean, are you really going to be? If you really go, are you really going to be upset at eight and one going in the LSU series? However, though, with that being said, Skyland is down and out as State is, and you got LSU upcoming next weekend. I mean, I, you know, if you can get the sweep, obviously you, you'd like to take it. But of course, you know, I
5: want because of the brutal schedule we got coming
1: up. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely.
5: My question to you is when you got you got LSU, Vandy, of Florida mm-hmm. I think you got to win about four of those games four or five of those games right in that area just to say South a baseballs back and in, in competing with the top notch teams. Of course, you don't want to go in and only win three of them and lose all all the series, you got to win one of those series, one of those three series. Right. So that's why I think this weekend sweeping a team like uh, Mississippi State is huge and finding a way to take four four to five wins out of the next three weeks. Yeah. It's a brutal brutal schedule.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, it's just the SEC. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's the SEC. But you know what? With how we've been playing, man, I think you got to look at it as like people have to play us. Not only do we have a brutal schedule, but if we're on your schedule, your schedule's more brutal because we're on it. So, um, you know, for sure, it's the competition stiff is up, man. But welcome to the SEC. I mean, it's not a cakewalk. We all know that. We all know that. And Carolina's not going to go undefeated in SEC play. So, um, I'm excited for it, man. I mean, again, I think you're going to come out of this weekend at worst eight and one in league play. Obviously, you'd love to be nine and zero oh and I mean it's it's gonna set up a massive, massive showdown next weekend at Founders Park, man. I and mean, that's gonna be one of the most electric weekends I think in in recent memory. So can't wait for it.
5: So I do not I don't like the the call to Pull Sanders this week. I feel like Mississippi State is a bad team. And, and uh hold on, not bad. If I was about to say, is out. that I was about to say, is that me again? Like what in the world? That's you. <laughs> yeah. If you cook in my house because it's so... Small. Bro, I was
1: like, I was like, I ain't even smoking a stove. Like, what is going on? Jeez,
5: God, you're scaring the hell out of me. Anyway, I feel like Mississippi State's a bad team, and this was the week to figure to let Sanders figure it out. Let's see how he does versus see if he can get it back together. But I'm going off of a hunch here. Mm-hmm. I remember Kingston you about year two, year three talking about, you know, starting relievers, then letting the starters come in and play. So I kind of think, you know, Jones goes for three to four innings and Sanders comes in after Jones. Yeah, I mean that, that that
1: would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, just to change something up. And so maybe that'll be the move. Maybe maybe Jones yeah. goes three innings or so and Sanders comes in and goes four or five and you know, he throws really well, and and that's what he needs to get back, you know, get back to his normal self. And and then, uh, you know, next weekend you go back to status quo. But it'll be interesting, man. Again, it's a fascinating storyline for a team that's been so successful. Uh, early, I say early in the season, man. Do you realize we're basically at the halfway point? Do you realize that? Isn't that crazy? It's Kind of sad, too. It's kind of sad when you think about it. But here we are.
5: I do think that Will Sanders, as a settler – as like he always gets hit around in the first couple innings, mm-hmm. but I, once you get in the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, he's lights out. It's always the start of the game that gets him. I don't know if it's because he's too got his emotions in it, or if he's too amped up, or or what it is, but it's always the first couple innings that get Will Sanders every time. Mm-hmm.
1: So. For sure. Yep, for sure. I mean, that, that's when you get a guy like that, right, it's in the first inning. That, that's when you try to get a guy like that. So,
5: But if you're going to be good and you want to want Sacramento to do what you want Sacramento to do, you're going to need Will Sanders. So. Yeah. No question. Well, Indeed. I'm excited to see how it goes. Hope for a sweep. Want a sweep. Hope we take – I hope we sweep every team we play. Doubtful. But –
6: Hosted by Kevin
1: Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game.
6: Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady,
5: live only on Netflix. I never say never.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, it's college baseball. It's SEC baseball on the road, man. You never know what could happen.
5: <laughs> All righty, well, uh... I am going next Friday night to LSU game.
1: Are you? Okay, nice, nice.
5: So, what day are you going?
1: I have no idea, Skylin. I haven't even looked at tickets, and I, I just, it's going to be a last minute decision, my guy, or at least middle of next week. So, I, I will let you know if I make it down there. So,
5: all righty. Well, I'll pull through. You watching so. the Braves play today?
1: I do not have it on. I will cut it on after we get off of here. So. All righty. Yeah.
5: Well. Yeah.
1: But I'm going to let you run, Skyland. We're about to jump into a break, and then we got J.C. Sherbert coming up in five minutes. So, I'm going to go ahead and get him on. All righty. So, yeah, I appreciate you, Skyland. You're the man. Great stuff. Skyland got the Gamecocks taking two of three this weekend. We shall see. Uh, Guys, let's jump into a break. Then we'll have J.C. Sherbert on the show, as he does each and every single Thursday And then after that, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we are back on this Thursday. As you just saw on the graphic there, as I mentioned earlier, the spring tour tonight hits downtown Greenville. We'll be out at Carona Alehouse uh, right there in main off Main Street in downtown. Uh, yours truly, again, going to get there about 5.15 or so. Get set up. We'll have all the merchandise, the Beamer Ball to the Moon Tour t-shirts. We'll have the towels. We'll have the koozies. have free koozies to give away. Everything gets going officially at 6 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, uh, a beautiful thing is tonight serves as a tour stop plus A watch party. We will watch South Carolina take on Mississippi State on the diamond together. Going to be a lot of fun and what's going to be a really, really big weekend in the upstate. Not just for the Gamecocks, but also for TSUS and all the events and stuff like that that we have going on. So, again, really excited. And also excited, guys. Of course, it's Thursday. That means J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks joins us once again. J.C., what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. And great
0: to have you back
6: Oh, yeah. You're great to be back here on the Spurs Up show. Uh, boy, I'd give just about anything to be in downtown Greenville uh, out on that deck at Carolina Ale House right now. I'm sure the weather's nice and sunny, and it's the opening day of Major League Baseball. I'd, I, Chris, I'd probably be there right after I got off this. I'd probably be there right now, right now, doing this show <laughs> with you from there right now. Boy, eating some grilled wings, man. Gosh. So, anyway, I'm not, but uh, it's, it's good to be back here on the show.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, man, you're in Chicago. Happy National Opening Day. Um, it's got to be like a, a national holiday there, I would imagine, right? Like opening day in Chicago. Are, are the Cubs at home or no?
6: Yeah, the Cubbies are home. Uh, they get started here in about an hour. Uh, the Sox are in Houston. They don't, they don't ever play home games at the same time. Uh, but certainly, uh, I think Wrigleyville is probably a madhouse right now. And one thing I've learned about Chicago is that day downtown – uh, when the Cubs open, their home uh, home schedule is huge. And St. Patrick's Day is a much bigger deal up here than, than maybe mm. it is elsewhere. So I've, I've learned that, those two things, and, and heck, I'm all for it because I'm, I'm always looking for any excuse to have a mini celebration, right?
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. So let, let's dive into JC. I want to start first with, believe it or not, the, uh, the court Cox as South Carolina basketball picks up a big-time transfer portal piece. Uh, Talon Cooper, who's actually an in-state kid, right? He said on his graphic he's coming home. I think he played at Dorman, if I recall that correctly. But from the state of South Carolina, averaged 9.8 points per game, four rebounds per game, 6.3 assists per game last season for Minnesota. So a a, a power five body, if you will, as a grad transfer coming to South Carolina. What can you tell us about this kid? And obviously JC, I know we've spoken on this before that Lamont Paris is going to need to build this roster through the transfer board. It looks like they're off to a good start in doing that.
6: Yeah. Cooper, Cooper fills a need. I, I think this team this past year had trouble distributing the ball. I mean, if in, off, the, everything from off the ball movement to making the extra pass. I mean, some of those things that, you know, coaches will tell you that that's good basketball. Um, I think when you watch him on film, uh, the guy can dish. I mean, he he really makes some impressive passes, uh, 6.3 assists per game. I think he set a school record at Minnesota for assists. Lots of, lots of really good players have played at Minnesota through the years. Um, in-state guy, he started out at Moorhead State, which is the team that knocked Clemson out of the NIT this year. Uh, went to Minnesota, I think nine, about nine points a game, but uh, that assist number was really high. And, you know, in in talking to some folks close to the program earlier today, Chris, uh, the word I got was this. He's like, okay, here's a kid in that league, which is a really good league, on a bad team, Minnesota, that put up those types of numbers uh, distributing the ball. Plus he's in state. Uh, Plus they held off a a late charge from Arkansas and some other schools. So they had competition for him. It wasn't like – uh, Carolina was the only option they've won that recruiting battle which I think is pretty impressive uh, given today's transfer portal slash NIL uh, situation when it comes to college basketball um, you know so that's he makes things intriguing and he's about 6364 uh, from what I heard uh, through the grapevine based on a guest on another show that somebody repeated to me today. The word out of Minnesota is probably not the best on the ball defender, uh, but he's taller, so he can block shots. Uh, believe it or not, um, and, and just a nice piece. Uh, you know, I think that uh, when you look at what was missing this year, which was a lot off this team, you know that guy that can make those big time passes uh, certainly was non-existent. I, I think this also helps Michi Johnson and Jacoby Wright uh, kind of get back to to what they do more naturally, uh, which I, I think they're both scoring guards. Uh, the can play point rather than true point guard so this this gives Lamont Paris a little more options in the backcourt and uh, certainly I think will be one that uh, makes a positive impact there's a long way to go as far as the rest of this roster goes but uh, a very nice first pickup out of the portal for the Gamecocks
1: when you look at the women's basketball side of things sticking on the hardwood JC um, I mean it's been sort of Ho hum business as usual. And I kind of hate to say that because it's the postseason and that elite eight matchup did have some very exciting moments, but you know, Gamecocks have been able to take care of their business and, and not have a ton of dramatics, at least late in games. And that speaks to their immense talent, what Dawn Staley's built, et cetera. But I think a really intriguing matchup tomorrow night in the final four, you take on Caitlin Clark, who I think just won the Naismith national player of the year award. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I tell you, when you're looking at storylines, because I think we all expect, J.C., that, you know, they'll get the job done, maybe have a rematch with LSU, a team that you absolutely obliterated in the regular season. I mean, just took care of your business against them on your home floor. Um, but I think this game against Iowa could be really exciting, really intriguing as South Carolina looks to kind of scheme up a defensive plan to slow down maybe the most potent scorer in women's college basketball.
6: Yeah, Caitlin Clark, certainly uh, an outstanding player. Uh, you know, most of the time, and this this isn't all the time, because some of the time the best player can carry you. But most of the time, when you're talking about you know championship level basketball, the best team, as long as they're not screwing up and screwing around out there uh, against the team with maybe the best single player, you know, it, it doesn't always happen uh, for the team with the best single player. Now in college, it happens more often. Uh, than the pros. Uh, I remember back when, in the 80s when Jordan was coming up with the Bulls before Pippen and before Coach and before Steve Kerr and all those guys, uh, Bulls were pretty good. They were a 51 team, but they run into the Celtics and, and get beat, or they'd run into the Pistons and get beat. Um, and it took them a while, you know, to get there, even though they did have clearly the best player. Um, you can flip that around and say, well, what about LeBron James? You know, well, you know, that's a good point, too, because LeBron – uh, I think, willed his team to a championship a few years back when he was with the Cavaliers. Uh, but my guess is, Chris, this game is going to have a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, and then South Carolina is going to go roll them. Because <laughs> I, I just think that, that Don Staley has, you know, too many talented players. Uh, I think they'll have a good plan defensively. I mean, that, that's the great thing about the Gamecock women's team. I mean, they're, they'll have bad shooting days or they'll be all – you know, They'll turn it over or whatever, but they're so good defensively, and they preach it, and they're smothering. And you could tell Maryland, Maryland played their butt off, right, played well. By the third quarter, they're dragging because you not only have a team that's going to be in your face guarding you, you're running waves of players in and out, in and out, in and out. So you're more rested by the time the third quarter gets here. Um, so that's my initial guess on it, but uh, you never know. It's the NCAA tournament. It's the final four. Uh, Caitlin Clark is a really good player. The, the team I'd be a little worried about is LSU, because I think LSU has answered a lot of questions this postseason. A lot of people were saying, oh, their, their schedule was bad, and, and that's why they only got a three seed. And they've answered the, the bell. I mean, they, they've, they've responded after losing Tennessee uh, in the semis of the SEC tournament and gotten to the final four. Uh, we all know how good of a coach Kim Mulkey is, Angel Reese. I, I, I think – you know, they're the team that would kind of frighten me a little bit if I were gone Staley. You know, no offense to Virginia Tech, and I'm sure Shane Beamer would love to see the Virginia Tech South Carolina matchup in the in the finals. And so would I, because I like the Hokies too. But uh, that would be the team that scares me a little more so than than Iowa. I think the girls, uh, because if you look at it, South Carolina's a balanced team. You know, uh, Boston's not going to put up the numbers Clark does. Uh, Clark got a lot of hype. I don't think the players on South Carolina's team really uh, love that because <laughs> I, I they, they think Aliyah is better, even though their numbers aren't there. And so I, I think they've been kind of eyeing this one just about all year. So, so, so that's my guess. A lot of hype, some exciting moments early. Uh, and like a lot of the Game Gamecock games this year, they blow them out in the second half, and we'll see what happens on Sunday when they go for a second straight national championship.
1: J.C., Shane Beamer speaking to the media on Tuesday afternoon as he does pretty much every week. Uh, But confirming what I think we all already pretty much knew, but to get the confirmation was great news, that Jordan Strawn has received his seventh year of eligibility, and he will be good to go this fall. I think a huge boost to the Gamecocks' defense on an edge position. I think it's interesting, J.C., I'd love for you to speak on Jordan Strong, the impact he can have. Because he was a guy for me last year, and I'm sure for you all as well. But I said, you know, all the hype and the attention was kind of on Jordan Birch and what he was going to do off the edge. And I, and I, I honestly thought Jordan Strong was going to lead this team in sacks. Like, I, I really felt like he was going to be the leader off the edge, a guy that led the nation in sacks in 2020. Unfortunately, he goes down with that injury. Certainly, it took its toll on the South kind of defense somewhat, but he returns, he's back. And now you've got that duo. You mentioned Terrell Dawkins, Jordan Strawn on the other side. I think while there's definitely depth issues at edge that, you know, we'd expect them to solve in the portal, I think that could be a pair of pretty high-quality guys. Your thoughts on Jordan Strawn? Now it's officially official, right? He's going to be good to go. The type of impact you think he could have. And then also, again, that duo of Strawn and Dawkins and, uh, you know, just, just the type of havoc you think they could wreak this season.
6: Yeah, I, th- I thought that uh, uh, in 2021, I thought Strawn was the most natural pass rusher uh, out of all those guys. You know, and Aaron Sterling, of course, started in front of him, good pass rusher on, on his own. You had Edik Barre on the other side with Birch, But I thought just as far as a guy that can line up and get after it and-, and rush the passer and wreak havoc in the passing game, affect the passer, whatever, Strawn was that guy. And I think we saw a lot of that in the belt pole. You know when he was out there, and Enigbari uh, had gone ahead and opted out, and Strong got a lot of reps, and then boy, he was he was he was a terror uh, all day. Sam Howell knows who he is. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so it was just so disappointing when he got hurt last year because I do think he was poised for a breakout season. Um, you know, Gilbert Evans stepped in, did some nice things. Of course, he went in the portal, so I think this is big. And you're also talking about a guy that's in his seventh year of college football. of a decade, man. (laughs) Hey, seven years ago, Steve Spurrier just got done as the head coach at Carolina. Will Muschamp was in his first year. Um, And this guy's come a long way. He's a great success story. I think he's got NFL potential. Um, So this is it. This is it for him. So whereas had he been like a freshman that had an ACL, sometimes those younger guys take a little while to get back. I think he's going to be doubly motivated and not pay his, you know, not having any lingering mental things about the knee that maybe a younger guy would have. You know, you, you ever watch the NFL? They they're not ever ever sitting there talking about, oh well, he's got to work his way back for a year or whatever. That's more college thing. Uh, well, you know, Jordan Jordan's older than a lot of NFL players. so uh, I think he'll he'll do some good things, and it is it's so good and big for this group to have him back. And then you mentioned Dawkins. I, I think he's the linchpin one of the most important – you talk about important players for the spring. I think he's one of the most important players this spring because, you know, he's a guy that was supposed to give depth last year. He got hurt in the same game Jordan Strawn did and never came back. It uh, was never 100%. You know, you just didn't know what to think about him. Coming over from NC State, he has had uh, some production during his time with the Wolfpack. Just has really never stayed healthy. So, you know, you get six four, 260-pound guy in his fifth year that can stay healthy. All of a sudden, you start talking about it. You're like, well, you know, you got those two as your starters. Uh, Desmond umi is going to be really, 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 really good. And him coming in early was huge for this program and this team. Uh, and so then, you know, on the other side, you got a Tyreek Johnson, who's in his fifth or sixth year. Uh, you know, Brian Thomas Jr. had some snaps last year. I don't think it's ideal to have him out there a bunch because he's still undersized. But he's a good player. And so all of a sudden, you know, and then you get whatever you get in the portal, which could be, you know, somebody that's good or somebody that's just a role player. But then all of a sudden you start thinking about it and you're like, well, that's not as dire as maybe it once seemed. So, so Strawn and Dawkins to me uh, are, were the two keys all along uh, with sort of uh, combating uh, the unfortunate uh, portal guys that uh, left in Birch and Ebony.
1: Now, when you talk spring ball, JC, obviously we we hear the uh, the typical names, Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, you know, the defensive side, Nick Emanwari, um, you know, some of the more popular names, if you will. Is there anybody that you're hearing about that's standing out that maybe fans would stop and say, oh, you know, I haven't heard that guy's name or that's a new guy, newcomer. I mean, is there just anybody that we're hearing about in spring ball that is, That is maybe turning some heads, catching the attention of the head coaches, catching the attention of their teammates. Anybody in particular that, you know, I know you mentioned like Lenora Sellers this morning. Uh, Just anybody in particular that you've heard about that's making impressions in the spring?
6: Yeah, I mean, Lenora Sellers, you know, likely, uh, hopefully, will not be the starting quarterback this year because, uh, uh, and I say that out out of respect for Rattler and Doty and, and, and the hope that there's not injuries, right? Um, but you know, the things he's done are legit, you know, I mean, you run four or five at 235 pounds, you're six foot three. Um, you've got a great arm. Um, you know, he's just kind of learning his way, but there's tangible reasons. It's not just, oh, he was great at South Florence. And so therefore he's the in-state guy. Everybody's going to rally. No, there's reasons since he's gotten there that they really like him, um, but i I tell you, I saw something the other day uh, reading some of the player quotes and kind of followed up on it. Jamal Weish, a uh, redshirt uh, freshman, defensive tackle from Miami, uh, wasn't with the team for a while last year, came in early, uh, got back to it. If you ever look at a picture of Jamal, and he's kind of a, you know, there are a lot, he was one of those under the radar type of recruits in the sense that you just didn't hear much about him. You know, he was at a smaller school, you didn't have a lot of film all that, but man, he's got long, long arms, and um, he's built, he's got a good build, and you know, he's got to reshape, continue to get stronger, um, and, and I read where somebody had said, one of the other players had said, hey, Jamal Weiss, blah, 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 and I was like, yeah, that's cool, so I followed up, and, and that's true. Now, being behind Tonka, and Boogie, and T.J. Sanders, and Nick Barrett, and, you know, who, DeAndre Mar whoever else, at D, Elijah Davis at, at D-Tackle, you know, how much will he play? I don't know, but a guy that's kind of built like that can also help your special teams. You know, he's built a little like, gosh, a shorter, you know, a couple of inches shorter than maybe an Ulrich Jones or a Clifton Gathers type of D tackle. He's that kind of big tree looking guy uh, just with his arm length and stuff. So, I mean, that guy could get in there and, you know, block field goals or whatever. So uh, that's a name. And, uh, you know, then on offense, Eddie Eddie Lewis, uh, the transfer from Memphis, uh, has a lot a lot of speed. I think everybody knew that coming in, but w- what I was told was when you see it up close and personal, it's pretty impressive. And so, you know, you start talking about it, and you know, you've got Xavier Leggett, who's a four-four-five guy. You've got Amari Brown, who's a four-four guy. You got Juice Wells. I don't know what Juice will run in the forty, but I'll tell you this right now: you're not going to catch him. <laughs> you know, nobody's catching Juice. Uh, you know, and and then you got some guys coming in with some speed, namely Nick Harbour. Um, and you start looking at it Chris and this receiving core is pretty doggone fast uh, top to bottom and so uh, that's a good thing when you got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler speeds his best friend because you know he gets run by him or, or run around him or, or whatever so um, but you know those two guys really are, are guys I, I've heard about and then of course like everybody else I've I've heard the Dakarian joiner is a natural uh, talk at running back i I have to give my guy, John Whittle, at TheBigSpur.com credit for this. He called this like a 2020. Uh, we were on the phone after Marshawn Lloyd got hurt, and he you was know, like, what are you going to do? What's going to happen? You know, because nobody knew Kevin Harris was going to be that good. Uh, and, and Whittle was like, move to carry and join him to run it back. I was like, hmm. I was like, he is about 210 pounds, and he's a bigger guy, and he's got some – yeah, that's not a bad idea. So finally it's happened, and you know, lo and behold – You know, apparently he is a natural back there. So, um, and I I will say this, a little anecdotal, uh, a little anecdote there. Uh, Dave Gutshaw, the former coach at Dorman, coached against on when he was in high school twice. I think Fort Dorchester beat them twice. Uh, And I was talking to one of his former assistants the other day, uh, and and Dave Gutshaw at the time said, DeCarrion Jordan is the best running back in the state of South Carolina. And if he ever plays a running back in college, it's over. So whatever that meant then, I don't know what that means now, but I'm encouraged by DK, you know, maybe finding a spot where he's on the field a whole lot. I think he deserves it. Uh, this is a matter of position. And uh, uh, I'd like nothing more than for us to be talking about the carry Joyner, you know, getting drafted as a running back next year. Cause you know, that's just a, that's a story. I think everybody uh, that loves the game, Cox follows the game, Cox can get behind.
1: Yeah, what a story that would be. I also love this comment, JC, from our guy Travis Rowell, aka Travi, that says maybe Eddie Lewis will be the Corey Rucker that never was. So, with <laughs> the well, that was a weird. Corey Rucker, man, that was a <laughs> weird like,
6: thing. He gets here, he catches a 52 yard touchdown, and then yeah. he just bolts. It's he like, wrote. hey, it uh, he yeah, he just shows up and bolts. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, yeah, I, hey. Eddie's, uh, I like Eddie because he's a he's a New York City kid, and when I was doing national recruiting, I loved when those kids were good because you just it, it, it's a challenge to be a football player in the city because there's not a lot of fields and room to run around. I mean, you, I guess you could have a Central Park and run around or something, but it's so basketball oriented, and there's so many great athletes. Um, and he came out of Harlem, New York, and uh, went to a prep school, went to Rutgers, then Memphis, and. He's on his third school now. So, um, you know, uh, and new Pete Limbo, of course. And I, I think as a receiver and also as a punt return, you know, the game have to replace Josh Van at punt return. You know, Eddie Lewis could be a guy that uh, we're all talking about next year.
1: Yeah. Let's move to the recruiting side of things, J.C., because a big announcement tomorrow, Blake Frank's offensive lineman out of uh, Greenville, South Carolina, Greenville High School, a 2024 prospect, three-star player, uh, six foot five, three hundred ten pounds. But you look at his team list: South Carolina, the Clemson Tigers, Alabama, Auburn, Florida. And it looks like the Gamecocks are in good position to land him. Again, tomorrow at three forty-five, he will make his announcement. What can you tell us about Blake Franks uh, and his upcoming decision tomorrow?
6: He's a big and powerful offensive lineman that, that could play tackle or guard. Um, you know, the, the reason I would project him as a guard right now, Chris, is you look at who else South Carolina is getting in the class uh, or or who's they've gotten in Pringle. They're probably, you know, they're the odds on favorite to get Josiah Thompson. Those are two of the top tackles in the country, you know, but sometimes things work out and and you you may end up seeing Franks as the right tackle or or the left tackle here in a couple of years. You just never know at this position, but powerful uh, is kind of the, uh, the adjective I would use. Uh, with this guy and uh, you know when you talk about him maybe being a guard you start thinking about road grading and uh, getting behind him and running I mean he's just a massive individual Uh, recruiting wise this you know and some people may say oh it's just a three-star whatever I I don't care because when you go head-to-head with your in-state rival and you win I don't care if it's a guy that's, you know, a backup long snapper. You always want to win those battles, right? (laughs) And uh, this is a kid from Greenville High School. Let me repeat myself. Greenville High School. And this this will be the second uh, Greenville High School Red Raider in this class. Now, Clemson did not offer or recruit Mazio Bennett very hard, Um, but uh, they did want Franks. And so going into Clemson's backyard, Uh, Shoot, they've done it to Carolina enough with kids around Columbia. Antonio Williams comes to mind, right? Uh, That's a big-time statement, I think, as far as the recruiting momentum uh, in-state specifically that Shane Beamer and his staff have built. And also, you really got to tip your hat to Lonnie Teasley. I mean, he – you know, Greg Atkins, of course, was the full-time coach until Teasley took over. You know, guys like Big Tree Bob Alate last year – uh, Markey Anderson, uh, he kept to the boat. Lonnie was really heavily involved with all those guys, and he's just picked it right back up um, and, and is on pace to sign yet another uh, elite uh, offensive line class on paper. So, uh, you know, you, you got to give Lonnie Teasley a lot of credit uh, for that and for also, I mean, quite frankly, uh, the line got better and better as the year went on last year with him coaching it, so – Uh, I think Shane Beamer made a sneaky good hire right there by promoting him from within. Uh, And, you know, you start talking about him getting this guy and and, and then the S. Pringle and then Thompson. You know, I I guarantee you, Chris, anybody else or in a normal situation, what is Spur era, whatever, you can bet Cam Pringle and, and Blake Franks both are going to Clemson because Woodland has always sent kids to Clemson. Uh, and Marquise Anderson too, for that matter. They've all Dorman, Woodland, and Greenville. I mean, Clemson should get everybody they want out of those. You know, I know Carolina's gotten. You, know, you go with like, back to Nathan Pepper, Noah Whiteside, whatever. They've gotten kids out of Greenville before, but never Woodland and Dorman was a twenty-year drought. So, man, you just have to think like like Lonnie Teasley, Sam Seerby, the uh, uh, graduate assistant down there, Greg Atkins, whoever's kind of that, that group that's recruiting offensive linemen. They're really doing something special right now and, and, and reversing a lot of negative narratives uh, that have kind of, you know, plagued the program for decades. So that's a, it, it's, it's, it's more than just getting a three-star offensive lineman on Friday, I think, uh, if the Gamecocks, as expected, do land him.
1: Now, moving into baseball, J.C., big series starting tonight in Starkville at The Dude aka Duty Noble Stadium, one of the best venues for college baseball. The Gamecocks take on Mississippi State. And a fascinating storyline going into it, right, JC, with the announcement yesterday. Eli Jones will get the baseball tonight. Will Sanders being bumped out of that game one slot. Will he pitch tonight? Will he pitch tomorrow night? Will he pitch pitch it all this weekend? We shall see. But it's obvious, uh, you know, Mark Kingston and company, who have pushed all the right buttons at this point in the season, you know, they want to – implement some sort of shakeup for Will Sanders, because, you know, I, I saw a stat yesterday, JC, that really put it in perspective in regard to his struggles in SEC play. Will Sanders has allowed nine earned runs in 10 and a third innings pitched in SEC play. And, uh, you know, that's surprising. I don't think any of us saw that coming. It's really surprising the Gamecocks are 6-0 and in conference play with his numbers being that bad, but obviously a shakeup, trying to change things up a bit. Just your overall thoughts on the role that plays this weekend and just thoughts on the overall move as Mark Kingston and the company obviously try to get their ace of the staff, Will Sanders, going.
6: I just hear your voice in my head, Chris. I, I saw the video the other day. You're quoting Bull Durham, I think. Don't F with a winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where I'm like, uh, I think it was Bull Durham. I think that's what you're yeah. quoting. Yeah. But uh, Durham, anyway, yeah. I, uh, at the same time, you know, I, I do think Mark Kingston deserves the benefit of the doubt. he He and Justin Parker and uh, Monty Lee have made a lot of right good moves uh, this season. Uh, obviously. Uh, Eli Jones is certainly capable. And I think what they want to, will, I, I don't know that Will Sanders is being punted out of the out of the starting rotation necessarily. I, I think what they want because it's a it's a Thursday Sunday, or I'm sorry, Thursday Saturday series. So let's say on Friday you just moved Noah Hall up, and then you moved Mahoney up, and then you moved uh, Sanders to Saturday. You're really not giving Hall and Mahoney as much rest as they need, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're, you're kind of short notice. Uh, And so what do you do? I I think, you know, what you probably want to do is just skip it. You know, skip Mm -hmm. Sanders this week. Uh, Maybe if you need him out of the bullpen or something. He comes in, but uh, let him rest, let him kind of recalibrate, and then, you know, set your rotation for next week uh, however you want it. Um, You know, maybe he does slide a Saturday then because at that point it's it's a little different. But, uh, you know, I I think this was needed. Uh, I think it's been coming. He's too good to be giving up the runs he's given. There's something up there. Uh, And sometimes that's, you know, you go to the bench and you come back, Sometimes that's what it takes. You know, you, you need that uh, time to kind of watch and see and kind of get your feeling. It happens in all sports, it happens in football. Uh, right. During the Spurrier era, we saw it with Blake Mitchell just about every year, right? Uh, old Blake could get benched and then he comes back at the end of the year, he's he's dealing. So um, so I, I think sometimes that's good for a player, especially when they're not really playing up to their capabilities. Um, and, and so I, I don't think we've heard the last of will sanders but it would slightly surprise me though chris if he does pitch this weekend and it would really surprise me if he came in tonight i i don't think it's one of those things where they're planning on okay well if eli starts to struggle we're immediately going with will i think they really would like for him to kind of recalibrate uh, rest up and then you know see where he lands uh, and where things stand next week with lsu
1: JC, I, I just realized, by the way, since we did not chat last week, you and I have not spoken since you know the last time we spoke here on the airwaves. The Gamecocks were just beginning SEC play, so I've got to get your thoughts as we sit here today. Now, I mean, a lot's changed since then, right? The Gamecocks are twenty-four and two; they are off to their best start in school history, <laughs> right? Six and zero in SEC play, ranked in the top ten. I know a lot of us thought this would be an improved ball club with all the changes and the pieces you picked up in the portal and adding Monty Lee to the staff. But I mean, JC, this this just feels like a dream start, right? I mean, six and zero in SEC play. We're undefeated in SEC play since you and I last spoke. It's it's been incredible to watch this team as they continue to just find ways to win ball games.
6: Yeah, it's not so much that they're winning, Chris. It's how they're how they're winning and kind of the feel you get. Um, you know, you, you've got things where you they just tattoo teams like they did Citadel uh, last night or, and then you got the, or I'm sorry, two nights ago. Uh, and then you got situations where they're behind and come back and win, win anyway. Right. Um, you have guys up and down the lineup that may go into slumps, but then fight it off and come back and do something amazing. Um, you know, Ethan Petrie uh, is one of my favorite players. Cause I mean, this guy, he may strike out or he may ground out the second and he gets pissed off. And the next thing you know, that's your butt. If you're the pitcher, you know, cause he'll come right back up and smack it over the fence. I mean, he, uh, he's a resilient, resilient player. And a lot of the other guys are too going back and I go back to this moment sometimes in, in baseball seasons. And there may be a moment that comes up where things go bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, there's these moments in games where you kind of just feel like, well, that's when it turned. And I keep going back to the Clemson series, down 7-3. You had lost the night before in Greenville. Uh, you're, you're coming in, and then Carson Hornig, who is in a slump, knocks it over the fence. And, and then it's, it's kind of a sandwich situation there. So that's the bottom layer. The top layer, Cole Messina hits one that still hasn't landed. He hit it to Vietnam, man. I mean, unbelievable. And at that moment, you're like, this is kind of like Tanner's teams. That's what they would do. Not only are they going to come back and get that little lead and try to hold on, they're going to keep coming after you, and and they're going to smack it to Vietnam, you know, if they can. And uh, time and time again this season, no matter what's happened, what adversity they faced or whatever, I thought they were done. I've I've turned it off twice the last two opening games. I thought Georgia had them. I turned it off, man. And I probably turn it off tonight if they're down late just for, you know, uh,
1: Yeah, just uh, say, whatever. keep it going. Yeah. Keep, keep it going. going. Yeah,
6: superstition there. But um and they come back and win and then Missouri, I definitely turned it off uh, because I didn't really like the announcer number 1 and number 2. I was it was 8-5 and I was by a pool in Florida. It's like I'm just going to sit here and have my adult beverage and sulk. <laughs> uh, and lo and behold I, I picked up my phone I'm on this group text with a lot of good Gamecocks I had 24 text messages that I hadn't read and I was like well you know that girl I used to date about three years ago I blocked her number so I know it's not that so I said we probably won because uh you know that that group text is probably going crazy and lo and behold nine eight I had to call Phil and get the play-by-play because I didn't know what had happened but uh, certainly moments like that uh, have been, I think, facilitated by uh, this team's resilience that they started to show way back then against Clemson, even back to the Penn series when they faced some adversity. Uh, and, and I say all the time, it's like life. Things are going to happen to you. You cannot avoid it. In sports, bad things are going to happen. Uh, the winners in life and sports and everything else are the ones that can handle it and know how to overcome uh, that have that resilience about them because uh, it's not always going to work out. Right. But when you can bounce back um, and, you know, I, I say play like Gamecocks because most of the good Gamecock athletic teams through the years do have that resilience. Uh, we've seen it in baseball, the whole Tanner era. I think it's gotten lost a little bit along the way, but it's back. And so I think with that, that, that kind of gives you a lot of hope uh, going into the home stretch of the season and really really, a lot of hope about the Mark Kingston era as a whole moving forward. And then you just hope they can keep that up. You know, like I said, I think Monty Lee deserves a lot of credit, but I think the whole staff does. And then the players, you know, this bunch is a tough bunch. They're, they're Gamecock tough. Uh, And I think that that's been missing for a long time. So I think that's back and uh, that can give everybody a a lot of happy feelings uh, going into these last what 24 SEC games.
1: And it's crazy to think, J.C., we've practically hit the halfway mark of the 2023 baseball season. So, folks, just buckle in and enjoy every single game. And, of course, game one of a big game – or three-game set, excuse me, will get going tonight and start. We're looking forward to it. J.C. shirt of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. J.C., it is always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you back, and thank you so much again uh, for doing this. We'll talk to you again next week.
6: Yeah, enjoyed it, Chris. and You guys have a good one, and enjoy the day. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, man, take care. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. Guys, we are going to jump into one final break. On the other side, though, we'll close out the show with more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final five minutes or so in the Daily Crow taking the questions, comments, calls as well. <clears throat> Thursday, March the 30th, 2023. We're really excited for the game tonight. Gamecocks taking on Mississippi State in game one of a big SEC weekend. Ooh, ooh. Mary says 156 days until football. J.G. Lashley, the 2023 tour shirts are not on the website. Excuse me. These shirts right now are being sold exclusively on the TSUS Tour and our events, by the way. So, if you want the merchandise, you got to come out in person. Um, At some point, I probably will drop these shirts on the store, but right now, I want to make an exclusive item for people who are coming out to the events. Um, So, that is the reason, JG, we are doing that. So, um, appreciate your understanding. And, again, it is, an ex- it is an exclusive item right now for those who come out to our event. So, again, guys, we'll try to squeeze in one last call. A couple more questions if you guys want. Um, somebody texted in, do we think Will Sanders may be struggling with a nagging issue or injury? I don't think so. Like JC said, I think it's just something to really get him recalibrated and get him reset. I think that's really what it comes down to. So, um, I don't think it's an injury problem. I don't think it's anything like that. <clears throat> I don't think it's anything like that. So, um, let's see. Braves are up 1-0. Love to see that. How about this? Jerry Stackhouse wins the Ben Job National Coach of the Year Award. How about that? Interesting.
2: Braves up 3-1 now. Okay, I was wrong. Braves up 3-1. Very good. Wow, Justin Verlander already, already on the I.L. How about it?
1: JG, thank you so much for the kind words and the design of the shirt. I appreciate it. Again, at some point, they probably will be on the website, but right now an exclusive item for our tour. Again, guys, please come on out tonight. Carolina Ale Alehouse, downtown Greenville. Looking forward to it. It's always a good time when we get downtown. Uh, I'll be there. Again. The, the, the event gets going officially at 6 o'clock. First pitch, Gamecocks and Mississippi State on SEC Network at 7. We will have the game on with the game Sound on so really excited for it. It's also a beautiful day, by the way, in the city going to be a beautiful night as well. Cannot wait to see you guys out there. And uh, again, really excited for this weekend series all weekend long. Of course, we have the watch party tomorrow night as well for the Iowa game and the final four for wins basketball. Of course, I will update or excuse me, I'll keep you guys. uh, I'll remind you guys, I should say tomorrow uh, before the watch party takes place. But looking forward to it. Going to be a really, really fun weekend this weekend. And again, guys, I think it'll be a successful weekend. I think the Gamecocks will sweep Mississippi State. I think they also take down the Iowa Hawkeyes en route to the national championship. I don't think Dawn Staley's squad is going to have much trouble this weekend. Again, a really nice day weather-wise today in Greenville for our event. I think it's a high of 69. Giggity. It'll be low 60s all throughout the night. So, going to feel really, really good. Going to feel really, really good. Uh, come on out. Going to be a good time. We'll be up there on the patio, uh, in that room overlooking Main Street. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Jacob E says, "Gotta say I'm very much forward looking forward. But gotta say I'm very much looking forward to the Mets having a disappointing season." Our guy P Doc is fuming right now. Bruin Nation says, "Anybody else picked the new MLB The Show 23 game?" I have not. You know, I love the show. I love Road to the Show, but I'm just. You know what it is, Bruin Nation? Like, I'm just, again, I'm not a huge gamer. I don't find myself with a lot of time to sit around and play video games. I, I don't know. I just I just don't do it. So, I will say this, though. I was thinking about this this week. Firing back up the NCAA football content, the, the video game content. That's been something I've been thinking about. I know, who is it? Jeff Gulledge, I think, in here that's been requesting that. So, I don't know. That might be something I do. But uh, either way, guys, content is bleeding out of the eyeballs right now. I'm just thinking I got so many clips on deck. Um, all the events we're throwing, guys. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you so much. I'm truly grateful because for some people, or you know, it could be this time of year. You think, oh, it's the, you know, it's the springtime. It's not football season. Uh, things might slow down. There's not as much to talk about. Not as much to do. That is not even remotely the case with us, man. We keep it rocking. We keep it rolling. And I just want to say thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Baseball season's popping right now. Obviously, women's basketball. Even men's basketball season, you know, you guys took interest in what was going on. We're throwing all these events, and it's truly just a blessing that we have an audience, that we have people out there that show love, show support like you guys do, and come out to the events and make it all worthwhile. So, again, thank you all so much for the continued love and support. And on that note, come on out tonight. L House, downtown Greenville. I'll be there about 5.15, 30 or so. All gets rolling officially at 6 o'clock. Merchandise on sale, and we will watch the Gamecocks. Take on Mississippi State at 7 o'clock. On that note, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Go Cox, Beat Mississippi State. Y'all have a great rest of your Thursday. And we'll see you tonight at Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville.